Hello, queen. You have a story to tell, and I want to help you tell it. Why? Because you matter. You are enough. You are loved, and you are worth it. I'm Tonya, best-selling author, coach, speaker, and realtor. We are all born, and ultimately, we will all eventually expire. And those are two dates that we have no control over. But that dash in the middle is ours to own. Up until a certain point in our lives, most of our story is written for us and colored by our experiences, the opinion of others, and our viewpoint of ourselves, or lack thereof. But when we get a glimpse of who God actually created us to be, we no longer settle for less than his best for us. We don't just go through the motions or casually spend our time. Life becomes more intentional, focused, and we show up fully present, unapologetically and authentically as ourselves. We start to write our own story from that point forward, positively impacting those around us and ensuring that we make our dash of life count. The journey of you is just that. It's your journey to purpose and how you are making your dash of life account. Being equipped to know who you are in Christ, empowered to embrace just being you, and encouraged to know that God's got you and you can walk in the plans he has for you. Here's your host, Tonya D. Bennis. Hello, Journey of You community. Today, I want to talk to you about a couple of things, realizations, I guess, um, or aha moments that have come to me in the last couple of days, just in different things that I've been studying and devotions that I've been reading. And I was like, I have to share this because so many times it seems like we get caught up in the routine um, and the mundane, you know, of regular day-to-day things that we're doing. And sometimes we forget about just how awesome our salvation is, how amazing God is, and how big our faith can actually be when we aren't limiting God. And so the first thing I want to talk about is radical faith. I am sure that you remember where you were, (laughs) um, exactly how your life was when you first found God. Um, And I say you found God because he he already knew you. He's always known you and chose you. But when you actually took the time to acknowledge that he was there and believe in your heart that he died on the cross for your sins and accept him and how that shifted things for you. And not that you woke up the next day and everything was perfect, because by all means, that is not what it means um, to accept Jesus in your heart, that all of a sudden everything's just different. It does mean your slate is wiped clean, um, white as snow, and that you have a second chance at life um, through Jesus Christ. And you have grace and forgiveness and mercy, love and joy and peace. But I want you to think about that moment. Like the excitement that it brought you, the, the hope that it gave you for a brighter day, a brighter tomorrow, and how you wanted, you know, to spend more time with him, pray, read your Bible, learn everything you could, you know, about what it meant to be a Christian. And I think a lot of times we set people up in terms of, it seems it's more like it's religion of where it's like, check this off, do this, do this, and do this. But really, the most important thing about your walk with Jesus is having a relationship with him. And continuing that excitement long after you've been saved. Always a work in progress, always learning, always growing. 
but continuing to feed that relationship, just like you would a relationship with another human being where you're spending time together and you're communicating with each other and, you know, setting expectations and establishing boundaries and talking about things that you're feeling or that, you know, your needs and desires and things like that. It's the same way in your relationship with Jesus. That's the way he created us. That's where it came from because he wants us to be in relationship with him. And so think about how you woke up every day hitting the ground running. You want everybody to know about Jesus. Everybody to know that you were saved and you were all in and on fire. And then life started happening. Things weren't all roses and sunshine, maybe the way that you thought they were going to be. And it kind of started to dwindle a little bit. Not that you loved Jesus any less or that you were like, oh, I'm not going to be saved anymore. Nothing like that. Just that life happened and you weren't as on fire as you were. But at any moment, you could change that. And I feel like there are times that things in life happen that also alters our viewpoint of God. Where when you first got saved, you might have been all in like, oh, he's amazing. He can do anything. You know, if he helped me, I know he can do anything. But then maybe there's something that you prayed for, you asked for, that he either said no, or he didn't do exactly what you wanted him to do. And then it makes you think of maybe earthly relationships that you have with other people, whether it's a significant other, a spouse, a parent, that maybe the way that they did you or the way that life dealt certain things to you, that you view God that way as well. And so you limit him in the possibilities of what he can do. And so where he may be able to do X, Y, and Z on your behalf, you're like, oh, no, well, just, you know, this is good. If you can just do this. But over here, he's got this huge, great thing he wants you to have. But you're having a hard time believing him for it either because you feel that you don't deserve it or your expectations have lowered greatly because of the disappointments of life. And so today I want to remind you not to allow those disappointments to color your expectations and how you view God, because he is the God of all things. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and with him, all things are possible. So, of course, you always know I share scripture with you to back it up, so that you can then go back and read it for yourself. Again, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved. But I want to give you some things to really help get your juices flowing again, where you can have that radical faith that even though it might be hell all around you, God still can. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And all you have to do is believe him at his word. So let's go to the word. We're going to start with Matthew 19 and 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Mark 5 and 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. If you are not familiar with that passage, he's talking to the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years. She had exhausted all of her resources, been to every doctor possible. Not one person could help her. Um, they couldn't heal her. They couldn't figure out what to do. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. She believed that before she even got to him, that if she just touched him, she knew the virtue would come out of him and that she would be made whole. And so she pressed through the crowd. I mean, it was a throng of people around Jesus. And he felt, he said, who touched me? And the disciples were looking at him like, seriously, everybody around here is touching you. There's a million people around. Like, how? why would you ask that? He said, nope, somebody touched me with some faith. And I felt the virtue leave me. Whatever it was that she needed, she reached for it. And Jesus, she, it left him immediately and flowed to her. And he said, your faith has made you whole. 
It's not that God's trying to withhold something from you. He is right there with it in his hand, ready to give it to you. You got to believe even before it even happens, you have to believe that he can give it to you. And then you reach out and touch the hem of his garment and your faith will make you whole. Luke 17, 6. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. It also says that you could say to a whole mountain, move and it will move. And I don't know if it was physically, figuratively, or literally. But the point is, just a mustard seed of faith. You can move mountains. You can cause things, doors to open or doors to close, depending on what it is that you need for God to do in your life. But you have to believe. That is where it ultimately boils down to. You have to believe. And all you need is a mustard seed of faith. Do you know how little a mustard seed is? Very little. So imagine if you grew your faith and your expectancy of what you wanted God to do, the things that you could make happen in your life. Here's the next one. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means you can see it in the spiritual realm before it even manifests in the natural realm. You have to see it spiritually first and believe for it. Because if you were only believing for stuff you could already see, it wouldn't be hard for you to believe that because you see it already. So that wouldn't increase your faith. You would just be like, oh, whatever, and just dismiss it as the normal thing. But when you can see it first spiritually and then believe God for it to happen in the natural, that is what gives you hope. And that's when you start to see it manifest and God brings it to life because you believe for it already because you had faith in him. And that makes him happy because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you want to ensure that you have faith because if you don't have faith, that means you're doubting God and who he is. He's not a fan of that. Next one, James 2.17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And so that what that means is, let's say you have faith to be able to buy a house. I'm using that from my realtor background. <laughs> that was the first example I thought of. But let's say you have faith for that. But you're like, God, I believe. I believe you're going to help me out of the house. I'm going to buy a house. But then you're not putting any money away for down payment. You're not saving any money to put towards it for all the inspections, um, appraisals, and everything that come before you can get to the closing table or even your down payment, you aren't working on your credit and paying things down and not opening up a bunch of random accounts. You're taking steps for the manifestation of what you asked for. That is the works faith without works is dead. So you can't just say, well, God, I want to lose weight. But then you don't change your eating habits or you don't exercise. Isn't You're not just going to wake up and it falls off of you. So you have to have those works that go along with it, that God, I'm believing you that I'm going to get healthy and I'll be able to be at this goal by this time. And then you start taking steps toward it. That's the works that go along with the faith. They go together. You can't have one without the other. First Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. God knows that life is not easy. One, he created all of us and he knows everything that happens with us at all times. Two, he sent his son to walk this earth. Jesus knows what it is like to hurt, to have pain, to be tired, exhausted, to be uncertain. He experienced all of those things in the 33 and a half years that he was on life. He knows what it's like to be afraid and to have fear. He felt every single one of those things especially right when it was leading up to his crucifixion. And he asked God, he said, if this cup could pass from me, please let it. 
But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He was even scared. So he knows that we're going to have moments that we're scared and things that we're facing and we're up against that we don't want to happen or walk through. But we know that God is with us every step of the way. So any cares that you have, he is more than capable of handling it for you. Place it in his hands and let him handle it. Because a lot of it that we're worried about, or fearful or anxious about, are things that are out of our control anyway that we can do absolutely nothing about. So we might as well give it to God and let him take care of it. Romans 1.17 For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And you're probably thinking, like, well, what's faith to faith? Well, that means your faith is increasing. Because when you first accept Jesus, you might have a little bit of faith. And then maybe something comes along that's a little bit hard for you to believe for or to even hope for. But then it happens and then you're like, oh my goodness, I can believe for something else. And so it increases your faith. And so as you get deeper and deeper um, in the word and in your relationship with Christ, your faith will increase. Where there were seasons that, you know, this particular situation might have been very tough for you. But then when you got through that season, the next thing comes. It's stretching you more, but things that were on the level of the things that you just went through, you can handle that now because your faith was already stretched in that season or at that level. And so you're continually growing in your level of faith as you grow deeper in your walk with Christ. Second Corinthians 5 and 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And that just goes back to what I was telling you a few minutes ago of believing God and being able to see those things in the spiritual realm way before you see them in the natural realm or see them in reality. And sometimes being a realist is very tough if you're a realist because it battles with your faith. Because as a realist, you're looking at everything at point blank, exactly what you see right in front of you. And so it makes it hard for you to stretch your faith for those things you can't see. Because you're like, oh, I'm just being a realist. Or life has colored your lens so much that it's hard for you to have faith to stretch outside of the things that you can see or the experiences that you've had. Um, and so walking by faith sometimes is a day-by-day journey moment by moment. But again, it's just increasing that faith to faith to faith. Hebrews 11.6. Oh, I said this to you just a few minutes ago. <laughs> but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God wants you to trust him more than anyone or anything else in this life. He wants you to trust him and to believe that he can do every single thing that he said he would do. And even when you ask him for stuff and the answer is no, it doesn't change who he is. So you still have to believe him, even for that next thing you want, even through the disappointments, even through life experiences when life happens, because inevitably life is going to happen. It always does. Just as the sun's going to rise and the sun's going to set. That's going to continue until Jesus returns. And so you're going to have those ups and downs, but being able to trust in God and having that radical faith. So today, that's what I want you to focus on is one, increasing your faith and two, taking the limits off. How have you been limiting God? Has it been in your finances, in your relationships, in your faith, at work, even in operating in your purpose? Has he been tugging at you to do that certain thing? Um, maybe you were supposed to step out on faith. 
and sow a seed or sow your time or make a phone call or network with a certain person, but you're yet to do it because you're fearful of whether or not you're enough, whether or not you know it's going to work out or they're going to accept you. You have all these different things standing in the way preventing you from doing it. But if God is on your side, you cannot be denied. If God is for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter if every person who wants you to reach out to doesn't like you or you don't get along with them. He can go right in and twist their hearts for you to have uncommon favor and they open every door that's needed because that's just how powerful he is. And what he's decided, there's not one person on earth that can go in and change that. But if God gave you something to do, step out and do it. One, you have nothing to lose. And two, it's most likely what you were created to do. And he's going to bless that. And he's going to bless you. You just have to trust him with every single step. And as long as you keep your focus on him, he's going to take you everywhere you need to go. Step by step. And it'll be a sweatless victory. You won't have to toil over it. You won't have to force anything. You won't have to try to do it yourself or try to maneuver or deceive or all these other things trying to make it happen. Because normally when you have to do that, Probably not God's will for what you're supposed to be doing anyway. That's just you trying to be in control and trying to do it. And so he'll just step out of the way and step back and wait till you're ready to do things the way that he created you to do it. Wait for you to depend on him and trust in him to provide everything that you need because that's what he's going to do. And so think about where you've been limiting God. What areas have you been held up in that You've either made excuses for, or you've said, oh, I can't do it because I don't know how to do this, or I'm not ready to do that yet, or I don't have this. Where have you been preventing yourself from moving forward because of fear or anxiety or worry? That is a clue of where you need to just stop and pray and listen to God and ask him for directions or that next step of what he wants you to do. That way you can continue to flow into the purpose of what he created you to be. Maybe you have an idea of what your purpose is, but you're just not quite sure which way to go with it, or you have radical faith and you're believing God for great things, but you're just not sure you're at point A and you need to get to point Z, but you cannot figure out B and Y in between. I would love to help you get to that point. I'm all about empowering and equipping you to become all that you were created to be so that you can reach the people that you were called to reach. I'd love for you to send me an email so that we can talk about it more and set up some time on the calendar. So if you want to email me at support at thejourneyofyou.net, let's continue the conversation and get you moving forward in your purpose and becoming all that God created you to be. Until next time, it's your life. This is where your journey begins. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I hope that you feel equipped empowered, and encouraged to just be you authentically and unapologetically. No more merely just existing from day to day. It's time to get your joy back. It's time to remove the mask and uncover the real you. It's time to become who God created you to be and make your dash count. If you're ready to get unstuck and move forward in your God-given purpose, you can start right now. Today is the day. Head over to thejourneyofyou.net forward slash get unstuck. Again, that's thejourneyofyou.net forward slash get, G-E-T, unstuck, U-N-S-T-U-C-K. And begin your journey to just be you, be whole, and be free. Remember, this is your journey. 
is where your life begins.